This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International. And it's time for Walking Free. And welcome back. This is Vernon after a little bit of a vacation, which was amazing. Michelle and I got to experience a little bit of beach life. We we love the beach, and uh, we had some we had some fun. And it's good to be back. And I thought today, you know, as when you're at the beach, I don't know if you've gone to the beach or you know the lake or the beach, and you just ponder God's greatness, God's glory, God's creation. Uh, and it's just a wonderful time just to get a just a very tiny glimpse of the bigness of God and God's creation and who he is. And I was thinking, I said, yes, the Lord is, the Lord's coming back. Uh, and we know he is. The Lord is coming back. We don't know when. No one knows the day nor the hour when the Son of Man is going to return. But it feels like it's getting close, doesn't it? And uh, this is the time when we definitely need to stop talking and start walking. Uh, Where we need to stop talking about um, living uh, a life that's expressing Christ and actually walking it. And I was thinking about this idea of the Lord uh, returning. And of course, we jump right over to uh, Matthew 24 uh, when Jesus is uh, sitting on the Mount of Olives and it's known as the Olivet Discourse. And uh, that's where you, you get a lot of meat. But, uh, you know, he starts the conversation uh, starts when Jesus was in the temple area and Matthew 23, 37, and Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who have been sent to her? How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. And what a beautiful picture that God wants just to gather everyone under his wings. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. But what does Jesus say in Matthew 23? I really wanted to gather you, but you're just not willing And that is the key. Are you and I willing? Number one, are we willing to come to faith to to just believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross for my sin and rose again? Am I willing to receive his sacrifice, his full payment, for my sin debt, to receive his forgiveness and life. 
am I willing? The folks there were unwilling. And Jesus kind of gets on them. He says, verse 38, Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you, from now on, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Wow. Your house is being left desolate. Is that how you want to live a life of desolation? You say, oh, I'm, I'm well off. I got, I got money. It's not that type of desolation necessarily. It's going to come to that eventually for many. But I'm speaking of desolation of the soul. Desolation of the spirit separated from life in Christ. That's something you don't want to experience. We need to receive Christ and his payment. There's too much evidence out there for the life of Jesus, for the death of Jesus, and for the resurrection of Jesus. There is no excuse. And for those who are unwilling, he says, from now on, you will not see me until you say. So they're going to see and their future generations are going to see him one day. And they're going to say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. That's the day of the Lord. Well, you know, first let me encourage you if, you, if you've never, if you've never connected with God, you don't even know what that is. I think most who listen to this podcast have. But if you're not sure, well, just Jesus said, believe. Dr. Luke says, repent and believe. That word repent gets a bad, kind of a bad playbill. It's, uh, it's really made up of two Greek words, metanoia, uh, meta uh, to change or again, and noia to think, to think again, to change your thinking, to rethink and believe. That's it. Just like the thief did. The thief didn't even pray uh, the right prayer, according to many of us. <laughs> he just looked and said, this man's done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognized that's the king. They're crucifying the king. He's the one, the lamb, slain for the, from the foundation of the world. That's the one. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, yep. See you there. Not exactly in those words. But, you know, sometimes it's good to have an anchor, something to hold on to. And I often will uh, give a prayer that just puts a little feet to what that, that belief that's in your heart. Because that's all it takes. It's a heart action. It's not a physical action. It's a heart action where we choose to believe, where we choose to receive his free gift of forgiveness and life. And the prayer, it's not magic words, but again, it just reflects what might be in your heart. It goes something like this. 
And if you've never received Christ, then you can pray along uh, with me. Or you can use this prayer and help others uh, to experience Christ in his life. And the prayer is simply this. Lord Jesus, I believe you are God. That you did come and die on the cross. That you were buried and that you rose again. Proving who you said you were. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And right now, I choose, I'm willing, I choose to receive your free gift of forgiveness and life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all it takes. Sounds pretty simple, but you know what? Or some might say it sounds too easy. Well, ask Jesus about that. It cost him everything so you could have it for free as a gift. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, man, how powerful that is. I don't want your house to be left desolate. Well, you know, Jesus in Matthew 24, one leaves the temple area. He's going on his way. And his disciples, who never quite got it, you know, all the way up to the cross, they, they, they were excited and thrilled. And they saw they were right there, front row seats. You know, Jesus said, follow me. And that's um, some of the reasons he said, follow me might have been, well, there wasn't CNN or Fox News or cable, cable news and uh, cameras all around like we have today. Uh, it was follow me. Come number one, hear, learn. You're not. There's no podcast back then. Hear me and watch. See what you can see with your own eyes. See what's happening. And often, I I'll say that when Jesus says follow me, the question no one's at really asks is, well, where's he going? Well, he's going to the cross. That's the mission. There's two big missions. One, to reveal the Father. And he accomplished that mission. He said, Lord, thank you. I've accomplished that mission. Mission part B is to go to Jerusalem and to pay for the sins of the world. Well, they didn't always get it. And the disciples came up um, to the point to point out the temple buildings to him and um, Jesus responded uh, to them and said do you not see all these things well they never did quite he says truly I say to you not one stone because you know they're looking at this big temple beautiful and he goes not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down everything's going to crumble and that was setting up a bit of prophecy here, and that is indeed what happened, uh, but also picturing what's going to happen to Jesus. And uh, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age you know, they were looking to Jesus as the king triumphantly going into Jerusalem and overthrowing Rome and, and 
that was on, uh, that's how many of the Jewish uh, officials and leaders, they were looking for that, that Messiah figure, the king. They kind of overlooked the suffering servant. They might have thought it was two different people. Uh, they saw the Messiah as delivering them like in the old days, out of the bondage of whoever's their captors. And in this day and age, it was Rome. Well, Jesus answers them in verse 4 and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. They're like, oh, wow, wait, he's, he's answering. All right, let's, you know, let's listen up here. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. So what was the question? What's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Well, he gives a couple of signs, if you will, indicators. Uh, watch for these things. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead many people. And you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed. For these things must take place. But that's not yet the end. You said the end of the age. Well, there's more stuff. Watch for the, these two, but also nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. So using this picture of a birth and the labor pains, this is just the beginning and then he says this, because he said, remember, the sign of your coming and the end of the age, he goes, then, these are the beginning, but then they will hand you over to tribulation and kill you. Oh, well, that's not good. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And at that time, many will fall away and they will betray one another and hate one another and many false prophets will rise up and mislead many people and because lawlessness is increased most people's love will become cold but the one who endures to the end is the one who will be saved the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Wow. He talks a lot before you know about the birth pangs. Here's the birth pangs, and I think that's the stuff that we need to be really um, looking at. And this idea of being hated and many falling away and betraying. A lot of people say, um, you know, that, um, or I should say, if you look at today, a lot of folks say, well, the church, you know, is just going downhill. People are not going to church. The church attendance is an all-time low. People who claim to be Christians, say in the U.S., isn't that an all-time low? Yeah, that was predicted. 
And does it mean that there couldn't be another, if you will, revival or the church, you know, things just come back? But you know what? That's part of it. That's part of, if you will, the birth pains, the signs. This is what's coming. And then he says this in Matthew 24, 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of through Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Why? It's really getting bad now. Whoever's on the housetop, uh, housetop, don't go down to get things out of the house. Get out. Whoever's in the field, don't even turn back to get your cloak. Woe to the women who are pregnant, to those who are nursing babies in those days. Moreover, pray that when you flee, it will uh, not be in the winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will again. Interesting. And if those days had not been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here's the Christ, or he's over there, don't believe him. False Christ, false prophets will arise and will provide great signs and wonder so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. And he says this, Behold, I've told you in advance. That's the prophecy. I've told you in advance. Hadn't happened yet. So if they say to you, Behold, he's in the wilderness, don't go out. Or behold, he's uh, in the inner rooms, don't believe him. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will the Son of Man be. Wow. And then he says in verse 29, and then a really awful picture, verse 28, wherever the corpse is, their vultures will gather. That's a gloom picture, right? Well, this is a depressing podcast. <laughs> This is, this is, they asked a question and Jesus is answering and we're in crazy times. It's good to hear what Jesus said, right? But immediately, verse 29, after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. You see, I think that there there's, a lot of stuff going on both on this planet and in, if you will, the heavenly realm. I think there's a big cosmic, there's all a big battle going on. We, we just see a small piece of it here and we're going to see. Um, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Remember what he said way back up in verse 23 or in chapter 23, uh, and he says, look, you were unwilling. The next time you see me, and this is going to be passed down to generation to generation, you're not going to see me anymore until this time. And you're going to say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And it's going to be pretty dramatic 
He says, after those tribulation, that horrible time of tribulation, which the book of Revelation really goes into, the sun's going to be dark and moon will not give its light. Stars will fall from the sky, Matthew 24, 25. Powers of heaven will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet blast. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Wow. That's a lot that's going on. You see, the Lord promised to come back. And he gives us a bit of an outline of what's going to happen. And when you start reading, and, and Paul has bits of it, and um, Matthew's recording bits of it. John has got the big vision of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he's coming. And I can't wait. And for many who, uh, and there's, there's different views on this, but for many who believe in what a word that you won't really find in the scripture, it's a, uh, it's a Greek word, it's a Latin word, actually it's translated from the Greek word um, in First Thessalonians, but this catching away or this rapture, uh, many believe that that will come for all the believers that those signs of the birth pains that God's going to take away and spare um, the believers. But then Revelation uh, tells us that there's going to be these 144,000 Jews that are going to get it. They were unwilling and through generations down, but they're going to get it, and they're going to be protected, and they're going to be spreading the gospel throughout this period, awful period of the tribulation. And many are going to come to faith, and it's going to be hard, really hard for them at that time. And it said, you know, unless those days were shortened, that no one would be delivered. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the Lord is coming. And not only are we saved or delivered right now, but we will be delivered either through death, when this body gives up and is done, and our soul and spirit are united with Jesus in heaven. We see him face to face, whether through death or through life, living in the Lord in that twinkling of an eye. When that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ will rise up and those who are alive will be caught away or raptured away. And that is when many believe this tribulation, this seven years of tribulation and in the dead center of it when that abomination of desolation, that one 
Antichrist. There's many Antichrists who are Antichrist, but that one reveals himself. And I believe that you and I will be watching from the galleries in heaven for this to unfold. And that's why I encourage you right now, for those who've never received Christ, receive him and experience life and realize that the Lord is coming. And that's exciting. And you say, oh, I want, I want to be in heaven right now. There is so much we can do right here because we have the king of kings living on the inside of us right now. And he wants to express his life and love through us so we can spread his message of grace and truth for those who are willing to receive it. It's not my job to make someone to believe, but like Jesus, I can introduce, I can love, and I can share the good news to those who want to hear. And let me tell you, the enemy wants to blind you with lies and blind you to reduce your effectiveness and blind you to reduce uh, and to uh, hinder your joy. Don't let him. You are radically changed right now. You are dead to sin and alive to God. You are a brand new creation made holy and righteous in him. You have victory now. And you can rest in his power and walk in his victory and choose to love as we wait for this incredible return of our Lord and Savior. So let me encourage you now, don't wait another second. Don't just talk about how you want to love and how you want to give and how you want to serve. Start right now. Ask the Lord, what is my next step? And then I want you to stop talking about it and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.